0: toxic Christianity. This is not a phrase that we often hear in the life of the church, but it is unfortunately something that a lot of people often experience in the life of the church. Whether you are a longtime churchgoer or you rarely ever come to church, just about everybody has experienced some form of toxic Christianity at some point in their lives. And when that happens, It can actually drive people away from the church for good. We don't mean to do it as Christians. We don't mean to be toxic. But the fact of the matter is sometimes we mess up. And just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we are perfect. As the Apostle Paul says, "...for all have sinned and fall short." of the glory of God. We are not perfect. And sometimes we get so focused on our traditions and on our way of doing things that we end up developing our own set of standards that have absolutely nothing to do with what it means to be a Christian and absolutely nothing to do with Christ. And so when a person comes in and disrupts those standards that we have set up, we often have a toxic reaction to that. For example, I was talking to a retired district superintendent who told me a story about how he and his wife every week when he was serving as a DS would go to a different church and experience worship in his district. And he told me about numerous times where he experienced toxic Christianity. He told me about one church that he went to where no one said a word to him when he walked in the door. So he and his wife grabbed a bullet and they found a seat in one of the pews. And after a few minutes, somebody came up to him and tapped him on the shoulder. And so the DS turned around and he stuck out his hand and he said, Good morning! And a man turned back to him and said, You're sitting in my seat. And so the district superintendent and his wife got up and found a new seat to sit in. And this DS told me that that's not the only time that that happened to him. Think about that. Um, If that's your first time ever going to church and that's how you're treated, I'm not going back. Uh, The reason why toxic Christianity is so serious is because when somebody is hurt by the body of Christ, that's not just an emotional pain or a mental pain, but it's really a spiritual pain. It's a spiritual wound. And so throughout this series of toxic Christianity, we're going to explore some of the toxic behaviors that we experience in the church. Behaviors like hypocrisy, cynicism, legalism, tribalism, judgmentalism, stubbornness, and pridefulness. Now, just to be clear, I'm not accusing anybody here at Wesley Memorial of being a toxic Christian. I'm not accusing this church of being toxic. But I do think it's important for us to talk about and to discuss this topic. It's important for us to think about this because throughout this series, my hope is that we can ultimately experience healing and wholeness in Christ for the ways that we have, as individuals, been harmed and hurt by the church. And I hope that we can also learn about ways that we have contributed to other people's harm, and that we can strive to be the people that God has called us to be. And so this morning we begin this series by talking about the toxic behavior of hypocrisy. Scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 23 verses 25 through 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the plate, so that the outside also may become clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside are full of all the bones of the dead and all kinds of uncleanness. So you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." Hypocrisy is the practice of engaging in the same behavior or activity for which one criticizes another. We engage in hypocrisy when we don't practice what we preach. In moral psychology, hypocrisy is defined as the failure to follow one's own expressed moral rules and principles. In other words, sometimes we don't want to be hypocritical. We want to follow a certain moral standard, but sometimes we fail to live up to the right standards. But hypocrisy is also when we do the right thing, but we do it for the wrong reasons. It's when we do something just for the attention, just for the credit. When we prop ourselves up and make ourselves look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's a totally different story. It's when we are wearing a mask and pretending to be someone different than who we truly are. And this is what Jesus seems to be getting at in our text this morning. Jesus criticizes the Pharisees and the scribes here in Matthew chapter 23, and what has often been referred to as the seven woes of the Pharisee. This morning we read only two of these seven statements, but all of them start off with that phrase, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Jesus calls them out saying things like, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. They are blind guides, whitewashed tombs, snakes, and a brood of vipers. And the main criticism that Jesus has against the religious elite Is the sin of hypocrisy. Now, Jesus' problem is not with Judaism, it's not with the Jewish people, and it's not with Jewish values. And it's not even about the Pharisees and what they preach. Jesus' issue is that some, not all, of the Pharisees are neglecting their own teaching. There are some who are doing all the right things but for the wrong reasons. Now, before we start judging the Pharisees, I want to share some research that I found that might change our perspective a little bit. In a study from May 2023, the Barna Group found that although 71% of Americans have a positive opinion of Jesus, only 36% of non-Christians have a positive opinion of Christianity hypocrisy of religious people is the top reason that people give for not embracing Christian teachings. Forty-nine percent of non-believers view Christians as hypocritical. Unfortunately, we often see a disconnect between who Jesus is and who we are as Christians. We don't always do a great job of truly representing Christ in accurate and in a loving way. We don't always look like the Christ that we follow. And there's a famous quote by Gandhi who once said, I like your Christ but I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Now, perception is reality and Christians are perceived as being hypocritical. So perhaps this morning, it's an invitation for us to place ourselves within this text. Instead of being the seven woes of the Pharisees, perhaps we could think of it as the seven woes of the Christians. For example, we could say, woe to you Christians, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence if Jesus were here today, he would probably be speaking those words, not to the Pharisees, but to us, to the Christian church. And this morning, I think we are the recipients of Jesus's criticisms and accusations. This morning, Jesus is speaking directly to you and me. Hypocrisy is not a Pharisee problem. It's not even a Christian problem. It's a human problem. But perhaps the reason that the Pharisees and Christians are being singled out is because we are held to a higher standard. And as a society, we have a tendency to hold righteous people to a higher standard. In the first century, the Pharisees were held in a very high regard. In their book, The Pharisees, Joseph Seavers and Amy Jill Levine write about the popularity and the influence of the Pharisees, saying, "...the Pharisees are the respected teachers of Second Temple Judaism, the ones who extend the holiness of the temple beyond the priests to the people, the ones who insisted on free will along with divine care." The ones who, because of their openness to innovation and concern for the Jewish people as a whole, helped the tradition to survive the destruction of the temple in 70 CE and came to develop rabbinic Judaism. The Pharisees and the scribes had devoted their entire lives to studying the Scriptures, to following God's law and connecting the Jewish people with God through the temple. So the Pharisees really don't sound that different than a preacher or a devoted congregant of a church or a committed follower of Christ. In fact, they sound a lot like good church people. They sound kind of like you and me. But Jesus is criticizing them because just like so many of us, we know what's right. We are good people with good values, but sometimes we lose our way. We know what the right thing to do is, but we get distracted and sidetracked and lost. And most of the time when that happens, we don't even realize it. I can still remember the best compliment that I have ever received. I was in the sixth grade, and I was on my first mission trip ever. And each night, everyone in our youth group would take turns. We'd go around in a circle saying something that we admired about somebody else in the youth group. And I'll never forget, this one girl said, the thing I like about Andrew is, I've never heard him say anything bad about anybody else. And that was the best compliment that I have ever received still to this day and it stuck with me. But then a, a couple of years later I was with some of my friends at school and we were talking about some of the other people in the marching band that we didn't really care for. And I remember one of our other friends came up to us and said, hey you know it seems like you guys are always talking bad about other people. And the minute I heard that, those words from the sixth grade flashed through my mind. The thing I like about Andrew is I've never heard him say anything bad about anybody else. It was at that moment I realized my mistake. And in just a few short years, I had completely transformed my reputation because of the way that I chose to speak about other people. And I didn't even recognize it until somebody else came and pointed it out to me. And when they did that, I felt like the biggest hypocrite. I was causing harm towards someone else by talking negatively about them. I was causing harm to my own reputation by engaging in toxic behavior. And I was causing harm in my own relationship with Christ by being a poor reflection of what a Christian is supposed to do. I said I was a Christian, but I wasn't acting like I was a Christian. Sometimes we lose our way. Sometimes we are hypocritical. And sometimes we do damage in the process. Perhaps you can think of a time in your own life when you have acted hypocritical. It affects all of us at some point or another. We don't fully live up to those standards that God has called us to live. We see it all of the time. And and some of the complaints that I have heard from non-Christians about hypocritical Christians are that they do things like uh, cutting somebody off on the freeway while having a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on their car. (laughs) Or showing up at a restaurant after church dressed in your Sunday best and then treating a waitress like trash and giving her hardly any tip. Or uh, Posting Bible verses on your Facebook, but then leaving nasty comments on people's profile pages—these things really happen, and people see this. People are watching. So, what do we do? How are we to fix this issue of Christian hypocrisy? I I, uh, I don't have all the answers, but I do have some ideas. First, I think that we need to take this criticism that Jesus offers to the Pharisees and think about ourselves, and we need to take that criticism very seriously. We need to take it to heart because toxic Christianity and hypocrisy pushes people away from the church. And we need to recognize that this is a real problem, and it's, it's holding people back from having a relationship with Christ and from being a part of the body of Christ. And and this is a very serious issue and we are responsible for this. Second, I think we need to recognize our own hypocrisy and we need to be aware of how we act and how we treat Others, We need to be honest about the times that we have missed the mark and hurt other people and contributed to different forms of toxic Christianity. So we need to look inside ourselves to dig deep and to see where God might be convicting us and calling us to change. And then third, we need to recognize that we aren't perfect and so we shouldn't expect anybody else to be. Just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we are better than anybody else. And just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody else. We all sin. We all fall short. We are all in need of a Savior. And then fourth, we need to step back. We need to give up our power. We need to give up our privilege. And we need to let God take control. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. The more we let God take control, the more that we will be moved to live a life of love. When we love God and when we love our neighbors as ourselves, then we become more like Christ. And when we we become more like Christ, the less hypocritical we will become. And my hope is that as Christians, we can change our reputation. We can go from being known as hypocrites and instead we can be known for our love. There's an old hymn from the 1960s which says, They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes. They'll know we are Christians by our love. May it be so. Amen.